You're listening to Under the Sun Podcast. Get ready for interviews with guests that are experts and enthusiasts in all kinds of fields and topics where we discuss a little bit of everything. Everything? Everything. What about everything? You heard it, folks. Nothing is off limits. If it's under the sun, we're talking about it. Ready to have your mind melted? And now, the dawn of discourse, the connoisseur of conversation, the chief of chit-chat, your host, Evan Dixon. Five, four, three, two, one. Well, hello there, you sexy motherfuckers. How are you? How are you doing? How's your week going, huh? Your week going good? My week is going a lot better than last week. I finally got some sleep for these past couple of days, and I feel so much better. Not like it's a like I'm a brand new man, but I was so sleep deprived that I was just walking around work and hanging out with friends, just being completely disoriented, seriously just staring off into nothing. That's how sleep deprived I was. It was terrible. And now I've finally gotten some sleep, and I feel a lot better. Even even my mom commented on it. She said, um... She said, Evan, you, uh... You look like you slept. And I was like, yeah, I did. I've been sleeping kind of good these past couple of days. She's like, honey, that's great. Is So the medication's working? And I was like, well, no, I'm... No. <laughs> I've been taking it, but it hasn't been helping yet. But to be fair, you have to be on this medication for like one to two weeks for it to work. And it's been only a couple of days. So I'm going to wait for that two-week mark and see if it works. And then we'll figure it out from there. But no, what I did is I went to the dispensary and I basically got some edibles. And that's what I started doing about, I want to say... eight months to a year ago because when I was working with specialists that was one of the things they actually suggested like well Evan have you tried marijuana and I said no I'm not really a marijuana guy I don't I don't like it that much they're like well it has been proven to help with insomnia and stuff so I gave it a try and it works it kind of depends on what brand I've noticed that I get and what kind of um, strain it is, I guess. I don't know if that's the right word. I don't think it is, but I don't know. That's how much I know about weed, which is basically nothing. All I know is that indica means in the couch, which means you will basically fall asleep. So when I went to the dispensary, I made sure to get some indica edibles, and I saw some when I was there, and these edibles have melatonin in them, which I'm sure you guys all know what that is. I'm sure some of you take it before going to bed. I used to do that way back in the day before when when melatonin used to actually work. But by the way, they way overcharged for those fucking edibles, guys. It was like 40 bucks for 10. And I'm like, "What the fuck? This is like $4 per edible. What the hell are you doing?" right? <laughs> but yeah, these edibles were 40 fucking dollars, and I'm pretty sure it's just cuz they had the word melatonin in them. That's how they get you. If you get regular edibles, They're usually like 25 bucks, I want to say, or sometimes less if you get the cheaper ones. I know there's some, you can get 10 
and they each have 10 milligrams in them, so 100 period, 100 milligrams of CBD or indica or sativa, whichever you guys get. But those are like 15 bucks if you get the cheap ones. I usually get the $25 ones just because it just makes me feel better. Seriously, the word melatonin was in there, and uh, they charged me 40 bucks for it. I have melatonin here at the house, too. Like, I could have just gotten regular edibles and then taken melatonin at night. But I I didn't think about that until on the car ride home. But I've been taking that for the past couple of days, and it has knocked me the fuck out. Like, I've been... I was out for 12 hours each night, which is very nice. But this is... I don't like using weed as a solution for my insomnia. And it doesn't always work, by the way. Like, sometimes... I'm telling you, it's the different brands, and I haven't found one that completely works yet. Like, maybe this will be the one. But usually, it'll just make my mind race even more, even though it's indica, right? Like, apparently, it's just supposed to knock you out. You're not supposed to think about anything. That's true in some cases, but sometimes when I do it for a prolonged time, it just messes with my brain chemistry, and I just keep overthinking shit, then I get stressed out, and then I can't sleep. And it sucks, because indica does make you tired. But these edibles are doing the trick so far. So I think for the next couple of days, I'm going to take a couple more while while waiting for the medication to kick in. And then we'll just try the medication on its own. But I hope you guys are having a great week. I am certainly having a much better week. I've uh, been a real workaholic lately. I'm pretty sure once I start school... Um, I will just not be working at all. I'll probably be working probably 20 hours a week, hopefully. That is hopefully, by the way. I'm working 40 hours right now. I'm trying to work 45 to 50, to be honest, because when school starts, it's it's just going to be game over, especially with nursing. I'm going to be fucked. That is if school does work out. I'm starting to get stressed the fuck out. I might have to resort to Red Rocks for a semester. Because my advisor, I told you guys this a couple episodes ago, my advisor is nowhere to be found. I'm not even sure if he works there anymore. And I've emailed a couple of people, and I scheduled an appointment with this guy that's going to help me register for classes and tell me the road that I need to take. But that's not till next week, and school will start the week after that. So I don't even know if there will be any classes for me to take. I don't know. It sucks. I'm really in the dark with this whole thing right now. So, hopefully, it'll work out. If not, I'm just going to have to rendezvous to Red Rocks and take some fucking prereqs, I guess. Which is fine, because if I do, I think I'll have more time to work. I still want to work during school, because I am, I've been stuck at $6,000 with my car savings for about a month now. It's mainly because I've been blowing all this fucking money on my New York uh, trip next month. It's going to cost around $1,000 for me to stay in a hotel or whatever for about five days. At least that's what I think. I haven't booked it yet. I'm trying to look for the cheapest option, but I'm also trying to not be in, like, the shittiest hotel ever. Like, I'm a cheap guy, right? But I don't want to just be in a fucking Motel 6 for my trip to New York, right? I mean, that just sounds dumb, but I'm not trying to... I would love to stay in Times Square, but... I saw some that were over like $700 a night, and obviously I'm not doing that. I'm looking for about 
the 200 to 300 range. So those are kind of hard to find, but I'm still looking. But if you add that up, that's going to be $1,000. You know, 200 bucks a night times five, it's going to be $1,000. And I just booked my plane ticket I, about two weeks ago. That was close to 500 bucks. So I'm trying to work as much as I can so I can put some more savings into that car because it's been stuck at $6,000 for about a month and it's kind of bothering me. I want that number to go up. I want it to be seven grand, you know? Okay, and now for the main event, let's get into this. Oh my God, I can't believe I just said that. I might edit that out. I just might. You guys ever watch like YouTubers that are breaking down something, you know, and they always say, let's get into this. I can't believe I just said that. I hate it when YouTubers do it. They, all, all of them do it, you know. They're always like, okay, without further ado, my viewers, let's jump into this. <laughs> it's so fucking dumb and cliche. I hate it when YouTubers do it. It's just so dumb. I can't believe I said that. But what I want this episode to be is I'm going to review The Suicide Squad. I just watched it for a second time just now, and wow, to say the least. So let's read the synopsis for The Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad, directed by James Gunn, states that the government sends the most dangerous supervillains in the world, Bloodsport, Peacemaker, King Shark, Harley Quinn, and others, to a remote enemy-infused island of, forgive me if I pronounce this wrong, Corto Maltese. I literally just watched the movie, so I should know how it's fucking called, but <laughs> how it's pronounced, but I just, I honestly don't remember. Anyway, it um, armed with high-tech weapons, they, they trek through the most dangerous jungle on a search-and-destroy mission with only Colonel Rick Flagg on the ground to make them behave. I want to say this first. Uh, a lot of people have been asking me, um, Evan, is this a remake of the first Suicide Squad? Is this a sequel? Is it a reboot? What is it? So I'm sure, as most of y'all know, there was a previous Suicide Squad movie just titled Suicide Squad. This one is called The Suicide Squad. Real original, right? But, I mean, what other names are you going to give them, right? That's actually a lie. You could have... <laughs> You could have done Task Force X. You could have called it that. Because that's what the Suicide Squad's actually called. Like their real name. Task Force X. Jesus Christ, I can't talk. Yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, they definitely could have called it that to avoid confusion with the Suicide Squad movie in 2016. But, on so, on to my point. This is not a remake of the first one. A lot of people are thinking that because they brought back some characters from the first Suicide Squad. Like uh, Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn. They brought back Rick Flagg. Amanda Waller. Oh, and Captain Boomerang. Captain Boomerang. So they brought back some characters from the first Suicide Squad, but... This is not a remake. This is not a sequel. This is basically a reboot, I guess. So, how this all started is Warner Brothers hired James Gunn to do a DC Universe movie. 
and they allowed him to pick whatever they wanted, what, whatever he wanted to direct. They wanted him to do a Superman movie at first, but he wasn't interested. And from what I've heard, Suicide Squad is James Gunn's favorite comic. I don't know of all, but definitely DC. So that is why he directed Suicide Squad, because it's his favorite uh, comic. So that's why we got a second one in less than five years. So what is there to say about this movie? This movie is fucking awesome. I loved it so much. The fact that it's rated R, but it's also hilarious is, first of all, that was probably the most satisfying part about this movie, is because there's a lot of rated R movies in the DCEU, but most of them are really dark, which is fine. Again, I have said this before, I love the dark movies. But the fact that this one was rated R, but they're just popping jokes left and right, it's fucking hilarious. It wasn't necessarily a Deadpool vibe, but a, a rated R comic book comedy movie is just, that's really hard to make. And I just fucking, this movie is a blast from start to end. From from right off the bat, there's, a, there's an action scene on the beach and it is just so fucking fun. One thing that James Gunn got right in this is that part, like, I read some of the Suicide Squad comics, but in the comics, they're literally called the Suicide Squad for a reason because they all die, right? By the way, well, we're getting into spoilers in case y'all haven't noticed, but I'll put that in the description for the uh, episode. So don't worry about it. But one thing that Suicide Squad 2016 got wrong is that none of the characters died besides one. And that was just, there are so many things wrong with the Suicide or Suicide Squad 2016. We're introduced to Slipknot in the 2016 version. He has two lines before he kicks the bucket. And then that's it. No one else dies. Everyone else makes it. And you kind of wish none of them made it at all because the movie is just such a fucking mess. But right off the bat, James Gunn kills off eight characters, I think. Maybe not eight, but six, I think. Which is, it was kind of misleading at first. I The first time I watched this movie was with my buddy Sam. And Sam's like, so uh, who do you think's going to die right off the bat? I think it's going to be Weasel. And I was like, Sam, I don't think anyone, I feel like there's going to be one or two deaths in this, kind of like the first one. And holy shit, I have never been so glad to be wrong. But also sad because he killed off some important characters. Or at least ones that were really interesting that I wanted to see. Which they just probably should not have put them in the trailers. Because there were so many... They put all the characters in the trailer for this movie, right? And it's only kind of misleading. Because I was thinking that most of them were going to survive. So, right off the bat, when he kills off six characters on the beach, I was like, God damn it. But it was also satisfying, because that's what you're supposed to do in the Suicide Squad, where no one fucking makes it. At the beginning, there are 12 characters of the Suicide Squad. At the end of the movie, there is only four left. He kills eight characters in this movie, which is just so fucking satisfying. That's what I've been wanting to see. One thing that James Gunn does really well with this movie is... I'm sure as you guys know, the Suicide Squad, they're 
they're they're convicts. They're they are supervillains, and you're not supposed to like them because they're legit supervillains. But they have to team up to take down a bigger threat. And one thing that James Gunn does well is that you get heavily invested into these characters from start to finish. I think this might be a cliche, but Bloodsport, played by Idris Elba, he was my absolute favorite. He was... Bloodsport is a assassin. And he was basically... The best way I can describe him is like the Boba Fett of the DC Universe. He was basically like a fucking bounty hunter. He had all these gadgets that he was pulling out during all of his fights... And he was just also funny with the British accent. I just, he was my fucking favorite. And then he has a phobia of rats. Let's get into fucking Rat Catcher 2 for a second. I thought Rat Catcher 2 was going to die at the very beginning of the film. When I watched the trailers, I said there is no way on God's green earth that James Gunn is going to be able to make this character work. And she's the literal fucking hero of the film. She took down Starro the Conqueror, which is the main villain of the film. And through the entire fucking movie, you feel nothing but sympathy for this girl. Her dad died of a heroin overdose. She came to America to live the dream. And now she's teaming up with the Suicide Squad. And she she's making friends with King Shark or Nawawe. And she's literally just this kind soul that happens to control rats. But just think about this. She fucking controls rats. That's just the weird... They even say it in the film. That's a fucking dumb superpower. That's the dumbest thing ever. And then the entire film, she proves that she is relevant and she's the most badass character of Task Force X. I was just so fucking invested. And who plays her? Daniela Mel Melkor? I really hope I'm getting this right. I'm so sorry if I mispronounced anyone's names. I haven't seen her. This was the first movie that I've seen her in. I don't think I've seen her in anything else. But holy shit. She was so much fun to watch. And fucking Harley Quinn. She has been... In the original Suicide Squad, she was in Birds of Prey, and now she's in The Suicide Squad. So she's been in three movies as Harley Quinn, and I've never had a problem with this casting choice. When they casted Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, I was like, yeah, that that, kind of makes sense to me. She looks like Harley Quinn, literally. But she just gets down the accent and the fucking motives and beliefs of Harley Quinn in the comics and in the TV shows. She is literally a real-life Harley Quinn. And she just keeps topping off her fucking performance. She was really good in the first Suicide Squad, which is saying something because that movie is a goddamn mess. It fucking sucks. But one thing that comes out of that movie is Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. I have been sold with Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn ever since they fucking casted her back in like 2014 or whatever and then fucking birds of prey comes along and i'm like holy shit this girl is fucking harley quinn she's she's so fucking good and now i watch this movie and by the way this is one thing that i do like about this film is that it's not centered around harley quinn that's what i was scared about this is something that warner brothers 
they they just know they're they're they're, they're sitting on this golden goose with Harley Quinn or Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. So I was really afraid that they were gonna make this movie way too much about her. Guys, she's barely in this movie until the last act, the third act of the movie. She is barely in it the first and second act of the movie, and I fucking love it. I'm so glad that James Gunn decided to veer away from decided to veer away from making Harley Quinn the center of the story. One thing that James Gunn just does so fucking well is that he takes these irrelevant characters. Let's get into fucking Polka Dot Man for a second, okay? Polka Dot Man, his powers are exactly what they sound like. He controls polka dots, and he throws polka dots at people. This is one of the reasons why I was really excited for this film. Because for many years... I think Polka Dot Man first came out in like the 1960s, I think. So he's one of the old, he's probably one of the oldest characters in the comics, and he's a Batman villain. He's been the fucking laughingstock of the DC universe, of DC comics, because he fucking controls Polka Dot's people. That is the dumbest fucking power that, I don't know, that, that's ever been that's ever existed that's ever been created whoever created polka dot man i mean this is literally like a forum on reddit i think we want the person that created polka dot man to step forward and be like bro what the fuck were you thinking for a batman villain because you have some this is why batman works in every way shape or form because he has some badass villains you have two-face you have joker you have the riddler you have catwoman you have Hush. There are so many fucking cool Batman villains. And then you come across Polka Dot Man. Fucking Polka Dot Man. And he fucking stole this movie. Okay, maybe... Okay, he didn't steal the movie, but I was completely 100% invested in his character. James Gunn made him very relevant with his mommy issues and how he doesn't want to be a villain. He wants to be a superhero. But holy shit. And he is so badass. Like, when, when he uses his powers, you're like, how are they going to make him relevant? He's one of the most powerful characters in the fucking film, guys. Literally, the first scene where we see him, um, Peacemaker is like, what is, what is that necklace around his neck? And Amanda Waller's like, that's his power dampener. He needs a fucking power dampener. Because the moment he shoots polka dots at you, you literally fucking die instantly. It is the coolest thing I've ever seen. And he, he died. He's the last hero. He's the last villain to die. But that's just what makes this movie work, man. Is you get invested in these characters, and then they fucking give their life, and they die. And it's so fucking satisfying fucking king shark played by sylvester salone <laughs> he's so fucking funny man king shark is supposed to be this there's actually two versions of him there's one where he starts out as a um a human and then some accident happens that turns him into a shark but that's not this one the one that sylvester salone plays in this movie is he's um from a shark god or something he's literally like an actual shark but he just has intelligence that's the one that sylvester salone plays 
And he's just so fucking funny. King Shark's supposed to be ripped with, like, a six-pack. No, this guy has a dad bod. He's semi, like, dumb. He doesn't have a huge IQ. Like, he doesn't have a lot of lines because, you know, he's a fucking shark. He just says, like, one-liners like, hand or friends. And it just works so perfectly. Ratcatcher 2 and King Shark, their fucking chemistry together is beautiful. How does one do that? A fucking shark that barely talks and a per- and a person that controls rats. Seriously, they're they're not like in love, but they're seriously they they are best friends by the end of this. And just seeing those two on screen is so much fucking fun. King Shark is there's this one scene where <laughs> they're in the Jotunheim building or whatever, and there's this giant tank of fish and they're all looking at king shark on the outside and they're just following king shark wherever he goes and it's the most wholesome moment ever especially with the score i can't believe i'm saying this but i don't have anything to say about the score in this film i mean it wasn't bad i liked it but what stole this fucking movie for me is the soundtrack it had a fucking beautiful soundtrack which i will give credit to the first Suicide Squad, they had a great soundtrack, but that was the that was one of the problems with the first Suicide Squad is that they were just too busy fucking ramming in music montages with songs that we all know and love. And then probably by the 12th song that we all knew, we were like, "Okay, can we stop doing the music montages and get onto the fucking, you know, Suicide Squad?" Yeah, that was the I was many things wrong with the first one. But this one has such a great soundtrack. It doesn't overdo it. It's it's fucking perfect. Let's talk about the villain. Starro the fucking Conqueror. The few comics that I did read of the Suicide Squad had Starro the Conqueror in it. And never did I ever think that we are going to get a live-action Suicide Squad with Starro the Conqueror as the villain. For those of you that don't really give a shit about this movie, but you're listening to the episode, excuse me, Starro the Conqueror, he's a fucking starfish from space, and he has the ability to um, mind control by sending out little... Starro the Conqueror is 150 feet, and the way he mind controls people is that he sends out little itty bitty versions of them of himself like literally like little starfish that are probably a foot tall and then they and then they attach onto your face and then that's how he mind controls you it sounds dumb right but when you see it in the comics you're like holy shit do not mess with star of the conqueror and when i saw that we're getting a live action version of him i was like fuck yes bro this movie you you wouldn't think it's going to work because of how many risks it takes. Like having 12 supervillains at the beginning of the movie, you have a giant 150-foot mind-controlling starfish as the villain. You don't you didn't think it would work, but it fucking does and it is beautiful. Let's talk about Peacemaker. The best way I can describe Peacemaker, he's like an anti he's like Captain America, but he also kills people, I guess. Go look him up. 
he literally just has the vibe of Captain America, but way fucking more badass, you know? Peacemaker cusses. He will kill men, women, children to make sure there is peace. That's why he is called Peacemaker. John Cena plays him, the wrestler. This was the only guy I was concerned about because I talked about this in a couple episodes before, but I just don't think athletes, professional athletes, should be actors. It just doesn't work out, you know? They always give mediocre performances or they do shitty performances. John Cena fucking kills as this character. He fucking killed it. He was so badass. And then there's a twist at the end where he betrays everybody. And you you literally just... Every fucking character in this movie, you sympathize for. And they're fucking villains. And it's just so fucking satisfying. There's this one scene in the jungle where they're going to save Rick Flagg. And John Cena, or Peacemaker, and Bloodsport are literally just having a fucking dick measuring contest on who's the better assassin and it's just so fucking funny it goes something like blood sports says something like no one likes a show off and peacemaker is like not unless what you're showing off is dope as fuck and fucking blood sport turns around he's like fuck that's so true it's goddamn hilarious all the jokes in this movie landed perfectly i remember before i saw the film there was a couple of dc fans that were they fucking hated the jokes in this or like the jokes didn't land at all but this movie was still good i want to talk about that for a second and then we'll get back on track there's a lot of dc fans that are not liking this film and i'm pretty sure it's just because it it doesn't have a dark tone like the Zack snyder trilogy but it's rated R and it's hilarious and it works perfectly. I think there's some haters out there. I think they're diehard Zack Zach Snyder fans. And they're like, no, only, only Zack Snyder can make a rated R film that's perfect for the DCEU. Listen, I'm on board. I love Zack Snyder. His trilogy was perfect. He makes dark movies that are rated R and they're fucking perfect. But if you have a problem with this film just because you're a huge Zack Snyder fan like saying like that that the jokes didn't land I think I honestly think you're just being a hater I seriously think some DC fans they they get their dick card that may that mainly the DCEU is all dark films and they fucking work and what is Marvel the exact opposite right Excuse me. So I think DC fans, this is this is just a theory. I could be wrong. But coming from a guy that loves the Zack Snyder trilogy because it's dark, it's rated R, it's fucking gory, and it's perfect. I just am making a speculation that these diehard Zack Snyder slash DCEU fans are just mad at this film because it had a fuck, it's rated R. But it had this light, and it was gory, but it was also fucking hilarious. I think some fans are literally mad at that. And I don't know why. I mean, I don't think Zack Snyder's coming back to the direct, guys. I wish he was. I don't think he is, so 
I'm just saying, if you're holding on to that, then you got to let it go. This movie is a fucking masterpiece. It is so... I don't, I don't, I just, I don't want to keep butchering this, but it's a rated R film. It's fucking gory, but it's hilarious as shit as well. And you have these characters that you've never heard of before. This is why I was excited about the first Suicide Squad, because, I mean, you can understand why Warner Brothers did it, and Warner Brothers got involved with the first one, which is why it fucking sucked. But you can see, you know, Marvel hasn't done something like that. Marvel's like, listen, we got great heroes and we're going to keep doing that. Well, Warner Brothers was like, listen, we got we got great villains, so we're going to create a Suicide Squad. So I hate that that's the reason why they did it. But also, on the other side of it, I liked it because this is something that I've been wanting Warner Brothers to do for years is bring these characters that no one fucking knows about to the big screen that's what we want not, like i don't mind having a green lantern well we don't actually have a green lantern what the fuck am i talking fucking give me green lantern please you pieces of shit it's great having batman and superman wonder woman flash all that but those are like the that's just the bread and butter and again i don't mind watching it but there's so many great dc characters out there heroes and villains alike and when you bring a movie like that, like I barely knew any of these characters when this movie came out. Like the Suicide comics that I read had pretty much the first cast of the Suicide Squad, where you had Killer Croc, you had El Diablo, you had Slipknot. Those those are the one or those are like the one or two comics that I did read. So I did not know a lot of these characters. It's mainly the ones that died at the beginning, which. If we're going to nitpick about this film, I am sad that they killed They killed the most interesting characters to me at the beginning of the film. Fucking TDK, the detachable kid that can detach his fucking arms and then just have them levitate wherever. That's so fucking cool, man. Mongol was probably my favorite. I don't know anything about her. I just remember her seeing her in an animated series. I think it was the Superman animated series. I don't know. But Mongol is a literal fucking alien with orange skin and purple hair. And she's a woman. And she just looked so badass in the trailers. And then I was I was, I was excited to see um, Blackguard, played by Pete Davidson. Which I was also concerned for when I saw the trailers. I'm like, dude, Pete Davidson's a fucking comedian. And he's really not that good, if you ask me. And, you know, he's in, he, he's also on SNL. Pete Davidson and John Cena, I was scared for. But Pete Davidson did a good job for the two minutes of screen time that he had. He had a, he did fucking great. But I was excited to see Blackguard. I didn't know much about him. I just knew that he's a fucking mercenary. And then there's Javelin, bro. I was so excited to see Javelin. I don't even know what he fucking does, to be honest. I'm just assuming he uses his javelin and he fucking kills people. That was another satisfying thing through this entire film is that Harley Quinn takes javelin's actual javelin and she uses it the entire fucking film. She uses it to kill Star the Conqueror, which is also what I loved about this film. This was the perfect fuck. The way they killed Starro, I remember when I first watched this film, I'm like, how the fuck are you going to have 
King Shark, Polka Dot Man, Harley Quinn, and Bloodsport kill a 150-foot starfish that can control people's minds, bro. How the fuck are they going to do that, right? And they just kill him in the best way possible. Fucking rat catcher. Oh my god. I I I want to get a rat catcher shirt now. She was probably she wasn't my they were just all my favorite characters. James Gunn, you son of a bitch, man. This movie is just fucking masterful. It is a masterpiece. It is so hard picking out my favorite character because I remember Literally 20 minutes ago, I was like, Bloodsport's my favorite character. And now I'm like, Ratcatcher is. And then it was Harley Quinn. Like, I don't know if I can choose my favorite character. They were all just fucking beautiful. But anyway, fucking Ratcatcher does this speech when Starro's like, This city is mine. And fucking Ratcatcher 2 is like, This city is not yours. It is not ours. It's theirs, and then and then she holds up the the device that she can use to control rats. That looks a lot like a PlayStation Viva remote. You know, you know the ones that have like the. It's a PlayStation. It's kind of like the PlayStation Connect. Is that is that what it's called? I'm gonna pause and look it up because now I want to know. Okay, I just looked it up. It's called the PlayStation Move Motion Controller. It's basically the knockoff of the Xbox Connect, but you have to have a remote. You guys remember that? But that's basically what Ratcatcher's device looks like. is a PlayStation Move motion controller, and she holds it up. And there are fucking millions, if not billions, of fucking rats. Literally just crawling up Starro, and they're fucking eating at his flesh. And then, and then Harley Quinn, who... I'm not gonna lie, she was kind of struggling to see how she was gonna be relevant... Like, in this final fight. I'm not saying she wasn't relevant in the entire film. She was, man. She literally killed the fucking president. And, oh, my God. Margaret Wabi is Harley Quinn. It's just... It's fucking genius. But, anyway, she is on top of this building that is eye level with Starro's giant eye. By the way, Starro, like I've said, he's a starfish, but he has this giant fucking eye in the middle of his body. So, she is about... She's on this building that is the height at the exact height of Starro's eye and she just fucking uses that javelin she leaps off the building and she fucking punctures that javelin right into his fucking eye and then the 150,000 rats that are crawling up Starro they fucking crawl into his eye and they're chewing out his vessels inside his eye and they literally kill him from the inside and I'm like James Gunn you're a fucking genius, bro. That is the most satisfying way you can kill a 150-foot conqueror. He's literally called Star of the Conqueror because he conquers fucking planets, right? And this entire fight, like, again, this entire final fight, you have Bloodsport, King Shark, Polka Dot Man, and Harley Quinn. Those are the only four left in the fucking Suicide Squad. And you're thinking the entire time, how the fuck are they going to kill him? And that is just the most satisfying way you can ever fucking kill somebody. Okay, let's get on to Amanda Waller. That was another concern I had with this movie, is that Amanda Waller was not going to be as badass as she was in the first one. Call Suicide Squad what you want. Oh my god. Not, okay, not this one. 
2016. Suicide Squad 2016. Call it what you want. It's a fucking mess. It sucks. It's an abomination. But one thing they did get right is Amanda Waller's character. Who is... Pl- what? Who? I should know who this is played by. Because I just watched a movie with her the other night. Viola Davis. What a fucking great actor. I watched Fences with her and Denzel Washington. Oh my god, what a fucking great film. Not the point. The point is, the one thing that David Ayers, the one who's directed Suicide Squad 2016, she he nailed Amanda Waller perfectly. She's basically a fucking dictator. She is the director of Task Force X, and she is running the fucking show. The reason why she's so badass is because she's not afraid of fucking anything. Bloodsport, she literally... Amanda Waller threatened Bloodsport's daughter in the beginning of the film. Like, listen, uh... She she got caught stealing, and she's 16, so she's supposed to go to juvie, but I will make sure she is put in jail, and she gets fucking murdered. That's basically what Amanda Waller said to fucking Bloodsport, who is a fucking assassin, bro, who will kill you. Kill you instantly. And he almost fucking does it. He literally grabs this pen, he's like, I'll fucking jab this into your throat if, if you threaten me. And fucking Amanda Waller is like... I wouldn't take this matter so seriously if our th- threat to national security wasn't at stake. Or it was something like that. And she's literally just not afraid of fucking anything. And she will, if you disobey her, she'll fucking kill you. They, here's a cool thing about Task Force X is that they put trackers in all the villains just in case they want to run away or betray someone. They can literally activate the the detonation in their head and they die instantly and vile or amanda waller was about to do this before they take on starro because they were supposed to abandon the mission and of course blood sports like nah we're gonna fucking take this bitch down some employee of waller like whacks her upside the head and like and they're like bitch you are a goddamn asshole and we're gonna help task force x which is just so cool but Amanda Waller is just as badass in this Suicide Squad than she was in 2016, which I'm so glad. Really fucking good. Um, I want to get into the action scenes. They were so fucking good. They didn't use too many cuts. It wasn't like one continuous shot like I keep repeating with other films, but... You you could actually understand what was going on, and there was a lot of badass kills that John, that Peacemaker and Bloodsport did. The fucking cinema photography in this movie is spectacular, especially on the beach and when Harley Quinn is breaking out of her prison or whatever. Oh my god, the fucking flowers! That I really love that scene when Harley Quinn is just going ham on the fucking. She's not in a prison, but she's in, like, a holding cell, and she breaks out. She probably kills three dozen guards. Like, no fucking problem. And just the fucking choreography of those fights and the sh- and, and the shots that James Gunn did and just the fucking action was spectacular. And then the flowers coming out of Harley Quinn and basically seeing how she thinks in life is just brilliant that's something we've never seen before i think my favorite fucking part of the action out of all the action scenes in suicide squad and there's a lot 
Again, this movie from start to finish is just a fucking ride. It's so much fun. There was not a dull moment in this. But anyway, I think my favorite action scene was when Rick Flag and Peacemaker they they're they're fighting over the hard drive and the the whole fucking fight scene is shot through Peacemaker's like reflective helmet. I want to talk about costumes for a second they were pretty fucking comic book accurate look up a peacemaker comic book costume it looks the one that john cena wears is pretty fucking accurate even the helmet i thought with peacemaker they weren't even gonna have the helmet in there because it just looks dumb like you can't have something like that in 2021 it just looks ridiculous once again like tips off to the fucking costume designer of this film because that is the most comic book accurate suit I've seen. Marvel like Marvel fans want to go off and say that their costumes are comic book accurate, which they are. I'll hats off to them. DC not so much, but in this movie, fucking comic book accurate. The Harley Quinn suit in the beginning, Jesus Christ, fucking beautiful. Long story short, I cannot believe that James Gunn or whoever said yes to the like reflective helmet that Peacemaker wears. And I'm so glad they did. But anyway, his helmet falls off when the building collapses. And the entire fight between Rick Flag and Peacemaker... Not the entire fight, but... Some of the fight is literally shot through his helmet. And I'm just like, that's fucking brilliant and the and the visual effects in this one thing that dc tends to get wrong is that they use too much cgi right they did not use too much cgi in here at all it was the perfect amount the visual effects were perfect it was this movie is just a fucking blast guys and one thing that is coming out of this movie is a peacemaker series on hbo max I am so fucking excited. Oh my god. I hope it picks up after Suicide Squad. But it looks like from the movie that Peacemaker died when the building collapsed. So he might be dead. So when we get this Peacemaker series next year on HBO Max, it could be a prequel or just, I don't know. One thing Warner Brothers tends to do is like well it's the multiverse so if something's dead if someone's dead we can just go to a different earth you know like it's it's one thing i fucking hate about warner brothers they have no idea what the fuck they're doing and i'm i know you guys know that but the whole time i was thinking is peacemaker really dead every time someone tends to die they just come back like a a, a movie later and they don't really care to explain how or why but i am so fucking excited for this Peacemaker series, John Cena, hats off to you, buddy. I his early career in acting, I thought it was trash, and I think he was. I didn't think he was ever gonna get better. But I watched the Bumblebee movie, which is that Transformers spinoff, you know. And John Cena's in it. He did. He it's not like he did anything fucking really exceptional but he wasn't terrible either he was really fucking good in that movie i think john cena's turning his career around because he was in a bunch of fucking dumb films and i'm like just stick to wrestling please um please but after this the second half of the fight between rick flag and peacemaker where it's not shot through the helmet peacemaker is just fucking going off on rick flag he's literally like picking him up because you know john cena is so huge 
he's literally just picking up Rick Flag and throwing him into like huge metal things. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, Peacemaker is badass. I am so excited for this series, guys. I just love how he has no boundaries. He's like, I am a firm believer in peace and I will kill men, women, and children, no matter how many, to make sure there is peace. And I'm like, holy shit, that's so cool. I love it. Oh, shit. Yep, that's my alarm. I got work in 10 minutes, so... Which is perfect time. Like, I'm, I'm ready to wrap this up. I don't think I have anything else to talk about. I think I covered most what I wanted to cover. Okay, I'll tell you what I thought about it. Like, what score would I give it? I would give it a 9 out of 10. 1,000% 9 out of 10. There is just nothing I can really find wrong with this movie. Besides, James Gunn killed off so many characters. But that's the point of the Suicide Squad. Like, I can't be mad at it, truly, right? One thing I will add real quick is that they killed off Captain Boomerang, who was in the first... He was in the first Suicide Squad in 2016. They killed him off at, in, in the beach scene. And I just hope that's not the end of him. I, I, I really hope not. There was an end credit where Weasel, you know, he he came back to life. I'm like, yes! I really hope we see more Weasel. He was so much fun. There was... Those, those people that died on the beach, like all those villains that died on the beach, I hope that's not the end of them. It probably will be, but please bring back Captain Boomerang. Jai Courtney, calm what you will. I don't. I haven't decided if this guy's a good actor yet. He's been in a lot of shit movies, man. And I just did not think he was a good actor. And again, S Suicide Squad 2016 fucking sucked. But I hate to say it, Jai Courtney's Captain Boomerang wasn't bad it wasn't anything exceptional just because he didn't have enough lines which is also what suicide squad 2016 gets wrong is that it just focuses on deadshot and harley quinn the whole time and then the entire rest of the suicide squad doesn't even fucking matter but with what i got from captain boomerang in 2016 suicide squad i thought jai courtney did good and in this movie, again, he only had like two minutes of screen time, but he also did good. He has the perfect fucking accent. He is Captain Boomerang. He could maybe be replaced, but I don't want him to. He's such a great Flash villain. Please put him in the Flash. Like, I hope this is not the end for Captain Boomerang. And I hope it's not the end for a lot of the characters. But again, Warner Brothers, they're fucking snakes, so they could probably just be like, well, you know, there's a multiverse, and let's just go to another Earth, and they won't be dead there, you know? So fucking cheesy. Rotten Tomato score, I already know what it is. It's 91%. And I think critics should be... I think that's dead on. It's definitely nothing below, like, a 90%. It is not a B or B plus movie. This is an A slash A plus movie. I don't kn yeah, I I I think this is an A plus movie. Should it be at 95%? It could be. But I also think 91 is a pretty fucking good score. I think the most it should get is probably 96. I don't think it's 100%, but I don't know. When you get into the 90s with Rotten Tomatoes, that's really fucking complicated. Because there are very few movies that get 100% Rotten Tomatoes. That means you have to be a perfect fucking movie. Like, 
No flaws, nothing. And I think Suicide Squad is pretty fucking close. If not, it could be. But once you get into the 90s, like, you're basically at 100% is what I'm trying to say. Like, there's so many movies, like, for instance, like, Avengers Endgame is at, like, 94%, right? And some people are going to be like, well, it should be 100%. If you ask me, once you get into the 90s or you're in the... As long as you're above 92% above, to me, you got 100% score on Rotten Tomatoes. Because it's so fucking hard to achieve that goal. And there's seriously, like, probably 100 movies or less that have achieved 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, I think this is a perfect score for it. If not, I think it started off as 96 when it first started coming out. And... I don't know. I'm done. I'm I'm done talking about this because I think it's 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 a decent score, no matter what way you look at it. I wonder what the audience score was. I don't think it shows audience score. Well, I would read you guys some reviews, some good and bad ones, but I have to go to work soon, so. I think I'm going to wrap it up. I think I've covered everything that I wanted to about this movie, which I'm very glad I did. But after work, I will come back and edit this podcast for you guys, and I will get it out. I This will definitely go out late on Thursday, so my apologies. I meant to do a podcast yesterday, so I can just edit it today and then get it out for you guys at the normal time, but... Both of my friends at the same time wanted to come on the podcast, and they and we were going to do three people, but that's just not my cup of tea. I'm not ready for that yet, and even if I was, I don't have a third mic or even a third chair. I don't, e- I don't even think this table's big enough to do three people, but after work, I will come back and edit this, and I will get it out to you guys. I apologize that it's coming out so late, but better late than never, right? So, yeah, I think that's all I have for you guys. So, as always, thank you for listening, and stay classy, you sexy motherfuckers, and I will see you on Monday. Thank you for listening to another episode of Under the Sun. If you enjoyed today's episode, subscribe to the podcast and leave a five-star review to help spread the word. You can also follow Evan for more cool content on Instagram at evan.dixon.22. Until then, we'll see you under the sun. Peace!